0: This is Under the Dome. On today's episode, we're taking a look at what's happening in North Carolina politics for the week of Monday, August 9th. News and Observer. I'm Danielle Battaglia, your host for this week's episode of Under the Dome. Happy Monday! We've made it to August 9th, which is great, and we finally have seen a little bit of the house budget, which is exciting. I feel like we've been waiting on this for so long, and it's finally here. Um, So let's talk about it. Let's get into it. it. It's interesting already. There's some hidden nuggets in there that you should keep an eye on. I'm still digging through the budget myself, trying to figure out what I haven't read, what I have read, what the public needs to know and doesn't need to know, and we don't have all the information yet. What we're still waiting to see is uh, information about any possible tax cuts, any raises for teachers or other state employees. House members said on Thursday that while they have those figures floating around, they were gonna work on the final budget over the weekend and get those out on Monday afternoon at the latest. And so we're still waiting to see how that's going to shape up. North Carolina hasn't had a budget or a new budget since 2018 after Governor Roy Cooper vetoed the 2019-2020 budget. So getting a budget is something that a lot of people are wanting. I'm getting messages from different state agencies that you don't hear about very often, um, wondering if they'll have a budget this year or a new budget. Um, It's already caused some snags for various organizations. So um, this is something that we've been looking forward to and wanting. And if you listen to Dawn, she's very excited about it. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of excited to see it too. So we're waiting on that to happen. Uh, from what I understand, they're going to release the budget, the House is going to release the budget, I think I already said Monday afternoon, and then Tuesday, all day, we'll have an appropriations meeting, that's supposed to go, I think, late into that afternoon, possibly evening, and then I believe there's appropriations meetings even scheduled on Wednesday, and then on Thursday is the day that they're anticipating voting it out, I've heard that vote could come as soon as Wednesday, but most likely it's going to be on Thursday, so something to get excited for, something I think Dawn's going to be very excited about. And then us by proxy, she's our main budget writer, and we tend to get excited with her. So um, I think it'll be a fun week for us in the North Carolina political world, probably stressful, probably need some coffee, but uh, something to gear up for. And then on Thursday, we got a surprise from the U.S. Census Bureau. At least I was surprised by it. I don't think a lot of people saw it coming, but they announced that they will be releasing census census data earlier than expected, earlier by four days, which is really relative considering we were supposed to have it in March. Um, The COVID-19 pandemic had slowed up getting the data as it has done with so many different things. And so we didn't expect it till mid-August, which it still is mid-August by the time we get it, but it will be four days faster. And hopefully that will give um, lawmakers a little bit of a cushion to look at the data and redraw the maps. Um, I'm kind of excited about it. I have been on the periphery of redistricting for years now. I ended up covering a lot of the redistricting lawsuit coverage, um, for my former paper and have sat in those various trials and heard the testimony and just how complex it really is to, um, draw maps and, you know, all the drama that comes with that and making sure that they're fair. And, um, you know, there's making, I'll leave it there, making sure that they're fair and drawn well. Um, I've also heard a lot going on behind the scenes with, uh, possible districts being drawn for people, possible, districts being drawn away from people. Um, I've heard that there could be some political power lost in the redistricting process. So something to keep an eye on, it's something to watch. It's something I'm really interested in. And um, Will Doran is our lead reporter on that, so I'd watch his coverage pretty closely to see what's going on. Um, And then there's one other topic that I've been writing about nonstop, and that is the child marriage bill. Um, I've had a lot of feedback. I had a survivor of child marriage talk to me anonymously um, and let me report her story, which was full of abuse and um, just a lot, a lot for somebody to take on at 15 years old when she got pregnant and um, ended up marrying the father of her child and 17 years later had to divorce him after years of abuse. And so, you know, her story's gripping in itself. And to hear firsthand somebody who's married in North Carolina and the effect it had on her is uh, interesting. And this is a bill that a lot of people, if you've looked at my Twitter comments, have said it's common sense, like get rid of child marriage. Why is anyone under 18 getting married? Um, and that's, that's kind of the thought process behind the bill sponsors. They've said that North Carolina has become a destination for human trafficking because, we as a state allow 14-year-olds to get married. Now there's various rules with that. You have to be 14 or 15 and get married if you're pregnant by the person who impregnated you. You can marry them. And, um, and you also have to have parental consent to do that. And then 16 and 17, you need parental consent. The pregnancy is not part of the equation there. And, um, and Senator Danny Britt said his colleagues while they support what he's trying to do with the bill, and there's a, a bunch of other bill sponsors on it, but Danny Britt's the one who specifically spoke on this. He said, while they support what he's trying to do, um, they couldn't go along with it because they either married a teen, married as a teen, or know someone who married a teen, and they just couldn't, they couldn't have their name on a yes vote. And so to get it passed through the Senate, Senator Britt had compromised and said, we will ban marriage for 14 and 15 year olds in North Carolina, allow marriage for 16 and 17 year olds, but they can only marry somebody four years and up. And that kind of puts it in line with North Carolina's um, statutory rape laws. And so senators were okay with that. They agreed to and that is the child marriage bill. Um, I've had a lot of feedback. I had a stuck in the families children and aging policy committee in the house and hasn't moved since i think about may it finally moved this week on thursday again thursday i don't know why thursday was such an important day for our general assembly but on thursday um the house rules committee took it up and they pushed it through pretty quickly so it's now set to go to the house floor on tuesday So I'd be looking out for that. It it could be interesting. I actually expect it to go through pretty quickly now that it's to the floor, but you never know. Um, It has been a controversial bill and um, we'll see what happens with it. So this week, I'd say gear up for a busy week. It's gonna be a fun week, I think, um, especially if you like North Carolina politics. Um, Again, get some coffee. I think we're gonna need coffee this week. Maybe do some yoga or Pilates to relax a little bit. And keep following us at newsobserver.com and nc insider to find out everything that is going to take place. For the news and observer, I'm Danielle Battaglia. Thanks for listening. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com/slash subscribe follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider, and sign up for her weekly political newsletter, also called Under the Dome, at Newsobserver.com newsletters. Thanks for listening.